If you are struggling throughout the day with your energy or you're having heavy, irregular, or frustrating periods, if you're feeling crazy, impatient, anxious, or really low in your mood throughout your month, this episode is going to create a lot of clarity and first steps to get you results, sister. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimetopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey, hey, sister, Bria here, your fellow perimenopause struggler. (laughs) How are you feeling in your body today? How is life going for you? Have you ever noticed in yourself these times, you know, where all of a sudden you're like, why is my period here all of a sudden? Or why hasn't my period come yet? Or, oh my gosh, I feel like it's a bloody murder scene in the shower. (laughs) Or why do I feel like last week I could handle so much and this week I want to bite everyone's heads off? (laughs) If you've been struggling with any of these things, I feel you and I want to cover some really important things today. But you know, when I really was descending into the beginning of what I, what I like to call hormonal chaos, the beginning depths of perimenopause, and this happens at different parts of perimenopause for people, but for me, before I even knew what perimenopause was, when I started noticing all these things, really, you know, I started feeling really exhausted. I started gaining weight around the belly, which didn't make any sense to me. I started having crazy cravings. I started struggling with more anxiety, with lower moods. I started having a lot of sleep issues. It was ultimately the sudden irregularity in my period that had me decide it was time to go and have a checkup, which, you know, is obviously important. I wish that we didn't take so long to that point. I mean, that must've been a couple years of me feeling frustrated before I took that step. But, you know, it's good whenever we start to see changes in in our actual menstrual cycle, it is a really important time to always go and have a checkup. Um, so in this in this episode, I'm going to share with you, I think, something that's going to be super helpful. We're going to cover how your cycle impacts your energy levels, how to track your cycle if you aren't regular, how to calm the hormonal chaos so that you can begin to even sync with your cycle, understand, have, you know, do the things it needs to take to have better PMS periods and sanity, and how to actually sync with your cycle, how to work with this female hormone rhythm that we have. Because once I understood how to do this, 
It has saved me so much energy, so much frustration, probably a lot of money on excess tampons, if I'm being honest, and probably it has saved me. It's probably saved me a lot of arguments with people that I didn't lose my head over because I was so frustrated. And it certainly saved me from having to wash a lot of extra sheets because of crazy heavy periods in the night. So let's dive into this episode because I'm, I'm really pumped to share with you these things that I know are gonna help you have better PMS, better periods, and better sanity, specifically in perimenopause. So first, let's let's go back to what I was talking about when I was sharing how when we start to have these irregularities in our cycle or maybe when our cycle just doesn't seem normal anymore, we often do finally make the decision to go and have an annual checkup, right? And go and see our healthcare practitioner. And if you notice, one like the whenever we go for the first time for a checkup or any time for a checkup at, at the doctor, they always check your vital signs, right? Your blood pressure, your body temperature, your heart rate, your respiration, right? You're checking all these things, your height and weight. These are all really key indicators of, you know, where we've been, where we're going. Like they have this charted and they can kind of see how, how are we doing? Are there any major issues right away? Well, there is this fifth vital sign. And this is what is um, considered our menstrual rhythm or what we actually talk about our infradian rhythm. Our period can indicate many issues in the body, just like blood pressure, temperature, heart rate, respiration, major changes in, in um, well, in height as we're growing and then in weight any time. Our period can indicate many issues in the body, like with the color of it, the clots of it, the regularity of it. These can actually all begin to tell us what's beneath the surface, especially when these other vitals are, you know, are (laughs) tickety-boo. I remember the first time I heard that saying, and I thought that was so funny. I'd love to know if it's, it's a saying you've heard before or not, but... These, our hormone rhythm, right, is is our infrad, it's considered our infradian rhythm. And if you've never heard that term before, our infradian rhythm is one of the two internal timekeepers experienced by only by people with female biochemistry. It's our 28-day cycle that regulates our menstrual cycle, right? So it's it's the driver behind our periods. The infradian rhythm really affects six different systems of our body, our brain. I mean, hello, this is where we can start to understand how our period impacts anxiety and depression, brain fog, you know, things like that, our metabolism, right? And this is why we can talk about how, oh, I'm so much hungrier at this time in my period or I'm not, our immune system, our microbiome, right? Like if you're, if you struggle with bloating or indigestion at all at different times of the month and it's cyclical for you, our stress response system, which, you know, I know a lot of times as we are, you know, going through our 28 day cycle, there are times of the month where you just feel like you can't handle anymore. And other times where you can take on the world, that's the stress response system. And of course, our reproductive system, right? These are all real. And that's the reproductive system, you know, is obviously super relevant if you're trying to conceive or not conceive. (laughs) But if you are in perimenopause, and we're kind of moving past those, you know, years where we're wanting to conceive, it's super relevant because this infradian rhythm really dictates these hormones that make us reproductively able or not. And that is exactly the transition we're transitioning out of, which means those hormones are significantly changing and being impacted during this time. So you can see in all of these different, in these six different um, systems of our body, how important understanding this vital sign is for us. So the infradian rhythm is also referred to as the human body's second clock. 
So our other innate timekeeper is the 24-hour circadian rhythm. Make sure you go and check out some of my earlier episodes on the circadian rhythm, which is experienced by both men and women. It's experienced by plants. It's experienced by animals. And it's the thing that kind of dictates you know, our energy, our metabolism, um, really throughout an entire day, right? So we, we should be waking up with a bit more energy. We should be winding down at the end of the day when we should be able to have a really good quality sleep. And there are really important pieces of our circadian rhythm that when we lock those in support our infradian rhythm. So if you haven't checked out that episode, go back and check that one out. Um, but the, there's a few other key pieces that you need to understand about the infradian rhythm, which again is only experienced by people with female physiology. So the infradian rhythm creates a 25% change in your brain chemistry over the course of a month. So if you've ever felt like a different person, partway through the month or maybe as you head into your period or versus you know after your period that there's a reason for that it also really impacts our metabolic speeds it it speeds our metabolism up and slows it down predictably across the month Um, so that impacts you know what we eat and the intensity of our workouts that we can handle each week in order to optimize our metabolism it impacts our cortisol levels which is stress they're higher in one part of our infradian cycle so pushing yourself through an intense work actually makes things worse, makes stress harder, makes inflammation harder, and really disrupts our hormones even more and and, and can make you feel like more anxious and unfocused so that brain fog can really ramp up. And what I find so confusing about all of this is if we don't understand this piece, it we spend half the month thinking we're good to go and crushing it and half the month feeling like we can't keep anything together and we're dropping all the pieces. But by the time we're about ready to change, the new section of the month comes again and we're like, oh no, I got this. And so we're never almost irritated enough to start making some changes, which is why it's important to understand this. And yet nobody is teaching us this. The only thing I learned about my period outside of what my mother taught me, like in class, was in like the the one day class in fifth grade sex ed where you know they talked about you know I guess the ovulation cycle and you know not to wear tight tight pants all the time like that's what I recall from that time it didn't talk at all about how our energy changes how our movement requirements our sleep requirements our um, nutrition requirements change during this time Because if we honor this, if we understand this piece, then we can actually significantly decrease these massive swings of, again, of feeling like the woman who can handle everything half the month and then the woman who can't handle a single thing the second half of the month. Do you feel me here? And I think the last piece that's so important about this is that women who like with people with female biochemistry need more sleep in men because we have more complex brains and this more complex cycle. So minimum 20 minutes longer, um, our brain needs to even just clean itself and reset for the cognitive day. Do you know any women that are getting more sleep than the men in their lives? I'd be very interested to meet them because I think they're unicorns. Anyway, when we aren't working within this cycle, 
it can feel like we're walking like sideways or against the current in like in a lazy river. This is how I really like to picture the metaphor. So picture the time you've been in a lazy river. I'm sure you have, or I'm sure you've seen one. And you normally we get on the lazy river, you hop in the tube and like you just kind of float along. There's no effort. It's really lovely. But if you're not working within this cycle, if you don't understand the direction of the river and you're constantly walking sideways, diagonal, backwards, you're working against the flow and you don't always notice it right away, right? Because it's not super strong. Like the current's not so intense that it's knocking you over. It's not as intense as going up a down escalator, right? Where you kind of have to hustle or you're going to get slammed. It's not that intense. But when we get tired, when we get run down, when we go through a stressful time in life or a major life transition uh, like perimenopause, you really start to notice the challenge of it like overwhelming you a lot, which is where so many of us are at this piece. And it certainly was where I was. I had no idea about this. I had no idea. And no one told me about it. It's not like I went to the doctor that day and was told about this. No, I had my blood tested and I was told I was the picture of health, which was not helpful. <laughs> so when I began to understand this, I was I was able to have more self-compassion for the times in my month where I was feeling tired and knew it was in my best interest to pull back, pull back on my workouts, pull back on my commitments. And then, and also when I knew I could push through, right? That it was okay for me to give it my all and maybe even a little more because I had the reserves to do that. So if, if this is an area that is completely brand new for you, I want you to go back and even listen to my very first episode. I dive into this a little bit more in that one. But I also encourage you to listen, to pick up the book In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. She's like the OG of who really started sharing about the infradian rhythm and gives you that great understanding. So if you like to read or you like to audible and you really want to geek out on this stuff like I did, I highly recommend picking up that book, checking it out. Um, but that's really like for the first part of what we talked about, we were going to talk in here, how your cycle impacts your energy levels. It's really important to get, understand that our metabolism shifts, our cortisol shifts, our brain chemistry shifts from, you know, those first two phases after our period, which are our follicular and our ovulatory phase into our luteal and our actual menstrual phase. And in our luteal and menstrual phase, our, because our, our cortisol is shifting, our metabolism is shifting, we are burning upwards of 250 to 350 more calories per day. And our brain chemistry is changing, so we need more sleep. So our energy demand increases significantly. When we don't know to meet that energy demand, guess what happens? Brain fog, cravings, our inability to actually recover from a workout, um, frustration, irregular periods, right? And as things get worse, if we never actually um, figure out how to move with it, then this all compounds up because we're in perimenopause, it gets worse and worse and worse. Of course, women who have struggled with major issues in their menstrual cycle their whole lives may have figured this out, may have understood this already. But if you had a fairly normal rhythm or what you thought was a normal rhythm, and you're just heading into perimenopause like I was, it can really blow you out of the water because you just don't understand. So it's it's an area of life that we have been vastly uneducated in. And that's why, you know, it's so important to, 
I don't know, share this episode or talk about this stuff with your girlfriend so that we can normalize how important this education actually is and the impact of it. So now that we have a better understanding of how your cycle impacts your energy, your question might next be like, how do I track my cycle if I'm not regular, right? If you are regular or you're mostly regular, I highly recommend you grab an app. Um, Alyssa V actually has an app. That's the one that I use, but any app will do. Grab an app on your phone, track your period in there so that it can start to tell you what phase you're in. And that way, if you hit a day where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm dragging, or you want to bite someone's head off in your family or at work, you can take a look and be like, oh, well, that makes sense. Maybe I need to eat a little bit more, sleep a little bit more, and then I'll I'll chill out a little bit more, right? You can give yourself that, some, that compassion instead of be feeling, I don't know, feeling really down on yourself, like you're not handling things properly or actually biting someone's head off and then having to deal with the repercussions of that or just feeling really low, right? I think that the lowness comes when we don't feel like we know ourselves or we feel like our body's working against us. But so start tracking it by just grabbing an app or making a note. But if you aren't having a regular cycle, which starts to happen, right? In perimenopause, we because the because what's happening is our hormones ultimately our hormones should be reducing and they should be reducing fairly evenly so inevitably in a healthy cycle in a managed cycle we should sort of stop having really regular periods but much later if you're early in your perimenopause like 35 to 45 and you're having irregular periods that has everything to do with your lifestyle choices and your stressors in your life and that pretty much means you're in hormonal chaos so we need to reduce that piece and what i think many of my clients get really annoyed with me about is we start working together and they're like my period came back and I'm like well don't throw tomatoes at me but it's actually a really good thing you know we want our period to be here as long as it can even though I know we don't all love it and it can be frustrating but if we're working in flow with it, it should be manageable, right? It should be should be something we can find joy in or find the benefits of, right? Because there's a lot of benefits of, of ovulating and having a regular cycle. So, but if you're not having a regular cycle, the first thing you want to do is um, first, if you can, go back to the last period you remember having and um, and track in what we call a four by seven, right? Our periods, typical, a typical period is 28 days. You know, it's not an exact science here, but if we're trying to track for, you know, best case scenario, we can assume that each of the four phases is seven days long. So go back to the first day of your last period as close as you can remember remember and call that your menstrual week the next week your follicular the next week your ovulatory and then the fourth week your luteal and just keep cycling through that until you get up to today and do your best guess best guess of where you think you should be until you do eventually get a period again if you definitely aren't uh, are, aren't ovulating. Like if you are on birth control, you're not ovulating. If you, um, have had a, um, if you've had a hysterectomy full or partial, or for whatever reason, you don't bleed at all. A good way is to actually track by your, the moon cycle. Again, we're trying to bring awareness to just how we feel. There's still going to be hormonal shifts. They might not be as significant, but they do impact us. So the more we can kind of track this piece, the better. And so how the moon cycle looks is look at the next time that there's is a week which is a full moon the week of the full moon is your ovulation week after that the moon gets smaller that's called the waning moon so that would be the um the luteal phase and then we have the new moon which there's no moon that week would be your menstrual phase and then the wa- waxing moon the growing moon which would be your um 
your follicular phase. So you can also just track by that. And again, we're just bringing regularity to it. It's not going to be an exact science, but when you start to habitually notice the shifts in your energy in these cycles, then you can start to work within them. They might not line up with the moon, but at least then you know where they are. And ultimately you can just, you can track your temperature, right? We can track our temperature because we know the body temperature raises during ovulation. If you want to be really, um, really intense about it that way, or you can just pay attention every day, right? Every day you can just make a little note in a journal. How did I feel today? Do I have energy? Do I feel more tired? Do I feel less patient? And you should be able to start to see patterns in there. But listen, No matter what, if you are in hormonal chaos and what that looks like is you're trying to release weight and you can't, you know, you aren't sleeping well throughout the night, you're having night sweats, you're having bloating issues, you're having really crazy periods, you're, uh, or irregular periods, you feel like your PMS is all over the place, you're really frustrated, you know, you're having hot flashes and night sweats, you're having a lot of anxiety. If you are in this hormonal chaos, or your hormones are dysregulated, which arguably is kind of what happens when we're on birth control, right? Like we seem to think our hormones are being regulated then, but they're not regulated the way they should be, the way they're naturally meant to be. So if you're in hormonal chaos, like a child having a tantrum, you must calm the chaos before you can even get to the root of the issue. So before you can even start to cycle sync, sync with your cycle, right? You you need a month at least to heal and really eliminate inflammation as best as possible. And this looks like committing to four to six weeks of cutting out inflammatory foods, cutting out workouts, Yes, cutting out your workouts and just doing 10,000 steps every day and adding in some yoga throughout the week. It looks like daily stress management practices, right? Deep breathing a few times a day, meditating if that's your jam, you know, leisure time, like actually reading or doing something just for you. And it looks like prioritizing sleep seven to nine hours every single night. Now, for many of us, this can feel really hard. You know, like for me, cutting out inflammatory foods seemed really, really challenging. Like, how how could I actually sleep seven to nine hours when I wasn't sleeping? Like even letting go of some of my workouts was hard because I'd really identified with that in my life. Like this was a part of who I am. If I'm not doing this, who am I? You know, but the accountability, the motivation, the community that can come with something like one-on-one coaching or group coaching in in things like my perimenopause posse or in midlife mojo program. These are designed to support that as well as give the tips and tools and strategies in each of these to make them easier. If you can go out and spend the next four to six weeks just cold turkey, cutting out the inflammatory foods, cutting out your workouts and doing 10,000 steps and maybe three yoga classes a week, doing your daily stress management practices and sleeping seven to nine hours, sister, go for it. But if you cannot seem to get that rhythm going for you, because listen, those four things are like basic foundations, right? This is like teaching your child the the letters of the alphabet before you teach them the sounds, before you teach them to string them together to read. These are the foundations of health. Food that isn't inflammatory, basic general functional movement, stress management, and, and sleep are functional health foundational basics. So if you are struggling to to implement this in a regular way, 
It's the same thing you would do for your kids if they come home and they're struggling with calculus. You get them a tutor, right? You get them a coach, you get them some help. So that's when you know it's time for you to invest in some health is if you have this strategy, which I've just given to you, and you can't seem to get the ball rolling because it's too hard. And there's troubleshooting tips in each one of these that you can use to make those things easier. And there's motivation and accountability, which is the mindset piece. And let me tell you, 80% of my one-on-one clients, that's what they come to me for. They're like, I just need help sticking with it. I need motivation. I need the education, the understanding around it. So I stay focused on it. Because, you know, you don't just get to heal for four to six weeks and then go back to the way things were. Next, after that healing time, next you need to optimize your metabolism, your thyroid, your liver function, and your gut health. That's a whole other, you know, four-step strategy that we do for four to six weeks. And then we get to sync with our cycle. And I'm going to give you the simple strategy and the overview of how to do that. But there's, again, in each one of these phases, there's tips and tools to help you go deeper on that. And there's coaching and motivation and accountability and community support to help you stay the course, right? But if you haven't gone through the previous phases of inflammation education and optimization, or what I like to call the healing and repair phase, then make sure to save this episode and come back to it and go right now and and take action. Apply for coaching with me, join the perimenopause posse, get on the wait list for Midlife Mojo, which will start again in January. Do one of those things and then you can come back and listen to this now, listen to it again once you've shifted through some of those phases because it is very trying to sync with your cycle, which I'm gonna talk to you about how, trying to do that without going through the inflammatory reduction phase and the healing and repair phase is like trying to just pick up a book and read before you even know what the letters of the alphabet are, right? And and that might be hard for us to understand now if you speak a language, but if you only speak one language like me, which I feel very limited in, future goals. If I wanted to pick up a book, and let's say I pick up like a book in where it's in a different alphabet, right? Like I pick up a Greek book or a Mandarin book where like the alphabet is completely different. I have no hope in being able to learn read that because I don't even know what the letters are. I don't know how they sound. I don't know how to put them together. So before you try to sync with your cycle, if you're in hormonal chaos, make sure you go back, take action on these things and move through them so you're setting yourself up for success. Otherwise, this is how we get really frustrated. And as women, we're not we haven't been culturally taught to be like I'm good enough. <laughs> we're like when we, when we fail and fail and fail, we're like, I'm not good enough. That's what we think. And it's not about you not being good enough. It's about you not knowing the correct strategy and the order of that strategy. Everybody can learn to read. Everybody can learn to read in any language, but we have to start in order. And the same goes for healing in our body. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of water. And we're gonna, I'm going to walk you through the basics of how we begin to sync with our cycle, okay? So we have four phases of our cycle, right? We have our uh, our menstrual phase. I'm going to start there because that's our bleed phase, right? Which is really our lowest energy. It's the time when we're bleeding. It has an average length of three to seven days. And really, ideally, we want to be sleeping a little bit more during this phase. We want to be eating iron-rich foods like like uh, dark leafy greens, you know, lean red meats if you're a meat eater. Um, You want to be eating more complex carbs like brown rice for blood sugar stability, sweet potatoes. We want to combine our protein and fat 
And because it's our lowest energy phase, we want to either be skipping our workouts altogether or we want to be focusing just on Pilates and yoga, light cardio, like walking, swimming, jogging, not running, gentle cycling, right? Your strength is is high at this time. But so if you feel really good, you can try a short resistance session. But again, this is only once we've healed and we're in that part. So that's what it looks like for your menstrual phase. After our menstrual phase comes our follicular phase. This is when our energy and mood start really increasing. It's our, our average length is about ten, seven to 10 days. It's when we want to focus on light meals, on colorful vegetables and salads, on lean proteins. And it's also when, because our energy and mood are increasing, it's when like with weight training, we can really start to pick up with lower reps and higher weight. It's so we can get real gains in this time, right? It's like when high intensity interval training is okay, group fitness class, It's when we have more endurance and actually more um, agility, right? For cardio, like swimming, running, and cycling. In our ovulatory phase, which is the third one, this is the one where we can actually get pregnant in. And yes, in perimenopause, you can still get pregnant. (laughs) Um, This is when we have high confidence and we have high energy and our mood is usually at its best. The average length of this is really only one to three days. It's when we want to eat lots of protein and healthy fats and lots of cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cabbage to help flush out the excess estrogen. And we really want to focus on staying hydrated. As for our fitness during that time, we want to focus on weight training, high reps and more weight, depending on how you feel. We can do longer and harder cardio. We can do high, high intensity interval training, and we can really give it our all during this time. And then we start to shift into that PMS phase and our luteal phase, it's called. And our Our mood and energies are decreasing, right? This is when we notice our PMS more. The average length of this is 12 to 14 days. We need more calories during this time. I like to make sure I'm eating more at my breakfast, more at my lunch, and we wanna be eating warm foods like soups, and eating root vegetables, foods high in magnesium like avocado and dark chocolate. Um, And as for our movement, this is when we really need to reduce our cardio. When uh, we can weight lift for kind of the first half of the phase, but really wind down and decrease the intensity and move back more into walking and yoga as you move closer to your menstruation. When you follow this, once you've calmed the hormone cycle or the hormone chaos, and you've reached a point where you are able to release weight with without a lot of excess training and you're sleeping a little bit better, this is when we can actually really take advantage of cycle syncing. But remember, you cannot do it if you haven't done those other pieces. You're setting yourself up for failure. So, okay, sister, that was a lot of information today, longer episode than usual. Let's do a quick recap of what you have learned. One, you've learned how your cycle impacts your energy levels. Two, you learned how to track your cycle if you aren't regular. Three, you learned how to calm your hormonal chaos so you can begin to sync with your cycle. And four, you've learned how to begin to sync with your cycle if you're there, if you're at that point. If you do anything today, take one action from this episode. Maybe it's start start tracking with your cycle, go grab an app, download a free app and just track where you think you are. 
Join the perimenopause posse if you're in complete hormonal chaos and you have no idea what you're doing and you cannot seem to start this on your own then join the posse or apply for one-on-one coaching with me or get on the wait list for Midlife Mojo in January. If you're like, I can't think of anything right now and you need a plan for the future, just get on the wait list. Then you'll know at least you're getting the, the details and the best pricing. You already have that plan ready for you. All the links for these are in the show notes, but do one thing, take action, right? If we don't take action, then it becomes, you know, kind of a pointless exercise. And as a bonus, Share this episode with a sister, a friend, a coworker who might need it. I get so many amazing messages from you guys that you heard this episode from someone like, again, a coworker, a friend, a sister, a cousin. And I just, I deeply appreciate that. So please keep that coming because, you know, the biggest hurdle for most of us is that we don't even know what's happening in our body. We don't know where to go. We don't know why we're feeling this way. And this is why I made this podcast to share with other women to help them normalize and understand this topic, what's actually happening, that it's a big deal, that they need to know about it, that they don't need to suffer. So share this and take one action and go out, be more in your life and not just less on a scale. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.